King, you have summoned me. What is it? Take this here vibranium to the Brother Miles as a gift from the people of Wakanda. Go and bring him the vibranium mic. He will use it wisely. Who are you? You don't know. Don't tell me Negro. That's absolutely nothing. What did you do before you were named a Negro? And where were you? And what did you have there? Ask Professor Maurice Miles Martinez, MC Brother Miles, and he'll tell you like it really is. You can shackle the hands of black people. You can jail the bodies of black people. But you cannot shackle or jail the minds of black people. Rise up, black man, black woman, and reach to go back to Africa. My father was a Garveyite. Thus, Marcus Garvey can be thought of as my grandfather. But when you say, I've read in... Dr. Ben's book, or I've read in Dr. Ivan Van Sertima's book, or I've read in Professor Maurice Miles Martinez's book, they say, don't speak that information in here. Brothers and sisters, speak your truth to the world. Brother Miles, the black man's truth is here. The Real Wakandas of Africa podcast. History is a clock that people use to tell their political, economic, and cultural time of day. Brother Miles, the relationship of history to the people is the same as the relationship of a mother to her child. Free at last and proud to be black. One day, Miles will be free at last. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Real Wakandas of Africa podcast, the place where black history, hip-hop, and spoken word come together. I'm your host, Maurice Miles Martinez, also known as MC Brother Miles. At the end of each podcast, we have an original spoken word poetry or hip-hop track by myself. Last week in Season 2, Episode 12, I discussed the Black Panther movie and more specifically, the real vibranium of Africa or a substance that is found on the African continent that actually acts like the material that the Black Panther suit is made out of. Definitely check that out. Season 2, Episode 12 of this podcast. Again, welcome to this podcast this week and please share this with at least five of your friends. And if you're new to this podcast, please subscribe. This week, I'm going to be discussing a little more about Akhenaten, who was the pharaoh in Egypt, who was the first person on the planet to uncover the concept of one God, but in a more unique way. I wrote a book on Akhenaten, a novel, and it's called Akhenaten's Dreams. This is a new book, and I'm going to share with you a little bit from the book. Before I get into reading the book, the book is set around a character who lives in the Bronx, New York. 
and becomes homeless. And he actually engages with African studies. And it's actually a tribute to one of my mentors, Dr. Burt Green, who was a colleague of Dr. John Henry Clark. And he was one of the people I studied under at Lehman College. So this is how it starts. During the summer prior to the coldest winter, Prospect Park bloomed with the cheers of New York's crowd. The thick, humid air of the warm summer evening caked up a layer of pasty sweat on the attendees' skin. This led to a very uncomfortable feeling, as though a baker had taken warm icing and spread it across their necks and backs. Yet the warmth of the city brought a special uniqueness to her people. It was one of the few cities where one could travel less than an hour on the subway to a completely free show or concert. Additionally, the free performance left room in one's wallet or purse for a small meal from a local restaurant on some other day of the week. Had it been a paid event, the high city expenses like rent would keep many people from attending such a concert. Despite his circumstances, he felt fortunate to see the free show in Brooklyn. The concert allowed all of his stressors to melt away for the moment. On stage in Prospect Park, a musical artist by the name of KRS-One confidently took the microphone. He had been rapping for some time, but paused for a second to deliver a message to the crowd. KRS-One considered himself the teacher of rap. His name was an acronym for Knowledge Reigns Supreme Over Nearly Everyone, and he certainly delivered a meaningful message as he spoke. I hope that I'm inspiring someone tonight to go after their dreams, go after their purpose. I told you, remember the term creative visualization. You can't see it because it's dark, but right back here, right here in 1980, I was homeless. I was sleeping right here. You don't realize how real this show is to me right now. While everybody else was down there on Flatbush, Church Ave, Nostrum Ave, Bedford Ave, people were down there walking around aimless, nothing to do. I was over at the Brooklyn Public Library, right there. Listen, I'm not saying this for any credit to me. I'm trying to tell the young ones here tonight and some of the adults, every night before you go to sleep, see your future. See your future. Take five minutes, five minutes before you go to sleep. Look, I used to be in that band shelter over there. I used to say, one day, we're going to rock this park. This is so crazy because I'm in my dreams right now. This is so crazy. You can't even imagine what I'm going through up here. But look, follow your purpose, even if it seems impossible. If you know what your purpose is, you know what the universe's purpose is for you. What seems impossible to everyone else will be possible for you. I'm living testimony. Several months later, it was a bitter, cold winter night, and the piercing sound of the scream in the distance echoed against the city's hard surfaces as though a choir of 1,000 people were being tortured at once. The unbearable noise was distant but got nearer and nearer 
as the seconds ticked onward. A person with extra-sensitive ears may have covered them right away, yet most who heard this daily screech had become accustomed to it. Nevertheless, one had to wonder how the scream could be tolerated by the people whose rooftops were adjacent to it. As the sound became louder, an extemporaneous fireworks show emerged against the starless city night. The sparks flew from its underbelly as it approached the platform on Gun Hill Road in the Bronx, New York. It was a Friday on the first of the new year. He had just come from his studio apartment buried just one block off White Plains Road and 225th Street. In fact, this was not the closest station to his home. He ended up here because he was in deep thought about exactly how to handle his situation while making the approximate 20 block walk down to the Gun Hill Road station. As he walked quickly to stay warm, he opened his mouth to catch his breath, and the dry frozen air crystallized the saliva on his lips, creating a burning sensation in his throat, as though he had just taken a breath above a bucket filled with ammonia. This caused him to wheeze as he walked, and led to a light-headed feeling. Unsettled, he even walked one block past the station before hearing the screech of another approaching train and realizing that the subway was perhaps his best bet. In this part of the city, the subway was anything but a subterranean means of transportation. It was actually an elevated train, which appeared as though it was squeezed between rows of buildings that stood just yards from its tracks and the screeching electrified trains. Only outsiders, suburbanites, and visitors to New York City called it the subway. In the Bronx, Harlem, and Brooklyn, where the locals lived in an Afro-Latino vibe, it was called the Iron Horse. Despite its shortcomings, he realized that the Iron Horse was perhaps his best choice at the moment. A month earlier, the landlord tagged his door with a notice, and he was not knowledgeable about the multiple ways to contest it. He didn't know that a 30-day notice didn't mean that he had to leave his apartment. At least in New York, it didn't have that connotation. He didn't know that he could have gone to court over the giant holes in his wall that were there when he moved into his apartment two years earlier and that the judge would have delayed his rent payments until they were fixed. He wasn't aware that his landlord was legally responsible for keeping on the heat in the winter. In fact, just three days earlier, when it started to get unbearably cold, he had to place four giant pots of water on the stove. The boiling water released steam into the air, which just barely raised the temperature above freezing in the apartment. The notice told him to leave, and he typically obeyed the rules of society. He was a law-abiding citizen, but also a man out of luck during the worst time of year. It was exceptionally cold on that December day. The high was 7 degrees, a temperature often quoted as being too cold to snow. During these frigid times, people stayed inside the entire day and night until it got warmer. But he was outside, and there he stood in front of the foreboding, towering staircase before him. It was about three stories high and was New York City dirty in so many ways. The steps were stained with decades of soot from the polluted air. The ground before them was riddled with tiny black dots about a centimeter to an inch in diameter. These were actually discarded pieces of gum which had been ground into the pavement over several years and were covered with dirt and soot. Everything looked old and dirty about this scene. 
The stairs, ground and railing, looked like they had never been power washed. Hesitating, only a second longer, he made his way up the steep inclined stairs on Gun Hill Road to the subway gate. There he swiped his metro card and it made the familiar beep, giving him entry to the citywide labyrinth of iron horses and their tracks. The wind that blew at this elevation made the platform even more frigid than the street. There he waited for 22 minutes, rocking from foot to foot to stay warm until the screech of the iron horse could be heard in the night. The trains approaching had both a negative connotation because of the city's grime associated with it and was also a very welcome sign of warmth. The doors opened and he stepped onto the train. A voice announced the next station in an almost robotic-like fashion. At that moment, he remembered the era when there was no robotic voice, when it was hard to hear the conductor say the name of the next stop, and graffiti art covered the inside and outside of the subway cars. He was a young child then. These were the days before Mayor Ed Koch was elected and created a new type of subway car that was immune to the paint which came forth from the Krylon spray can. This brand was first introduced in 1947, but was harnessed by New York City's first graffiti artists who emerged in the late 1960s and early 1970s. He even remembered the day that he stepped on a subway car and there was no more graffiti. People used to scribble their names all over the walls of the Iron Horse. It was the urban way of saying, I own part of this, even though everything was really owned by the Wall Street bankers, multi-million dollar landlords, and real estate developers. Graffiti was also a way to beautify the city, and not just some chicken scratch on the inside wall of a train. This was especially true for the very long, giant murals created by early graffiti artists, which spanned train car after train car. In that era, if one were to watch elevated subway cars roll by on any Bronx street, they would inevitably see beautiful depictions of this graffiti art. In fact, several documentaries had been made about these artists who decorated New York's trains. At this time, it was far less common to see such graffiti, although it existed in many areas on buildings. In fact, it was even partially co-opted by the mainstream American culture and was allowed in a place in Harlem on 106th Street and Park Avenue called the Graffiti Hall of Fame. By now, in the midst of the Great Recession, hip-hop artists were more broadly recognized and many of the streets on the Bronx's Grand Concourse had been renamed after them. Despite all of the cosmetic changes in the city, the economic gap between rich and poor only grew wider. The poverty that had plagued his childhood's generation was still there. In fact, the wealth gap between rich and poor had grown even wider. He was a hard worker, sometimes taking three jobs just to make ends meet. However, he lost his job after job recently, couldn't find another, and this made paying bills impossible. As he moved deeper into the subway, an immediate blast of warmth greeted him, and he quickly walked to the other side of the train car, which was empty. There, he positioned himself way down at the end of the car, as far as he could from any door that would let cold air inside. Then the train stopped about midway between the Bronx and Brooklyn. The doors opened and a familiar voice greeted him. Grant, what are you doing here? It's a cold night. 
Nothing, Dad. You know, times are hard. I'm out of work, couldn't pay the rent, and I ended up without a place. Didn't I tell you to try to hold down two jobs at once? Do you know that's an old trick of mine? When you end up without one job, then you can rely on the second one. Yes, I had three different jobs. I lost one of them, then another, and then the crisis hit, and I lost my final job. I looked for some other jobs, but unemployment payments left me with the choice of paying the rent or eating, and I know you would choose eating. <laughs> Indeed, I would choose food, his father said laughing. I hope you had a good meal tonight, son. It's kind of cold out here. I had a honey bun and a bag of Cheetos, but I'm still hungry. That sounds like diabetes in a bag, his father said laughing. Well, it's what I could afford. Now that unemployment ran out, I only have a few dollars left, so I went cheap. So how long have you been out of work, son? Too long, since the spring of last year. Well, you know, when there's a recession in America, there's a depression in the black community. And when there's a depression in the United States, there's a great depression in black America. It sure feels like that, Pops, Grant replied. While the rest of the country is screaming about unemployment rates being above 10% in these hard times, black America is suffering an unemployment rate among its men that exceeds 50% in many cities. I heard that somewhere, Dad, he said in agreement. That's right, and to add to it, the high unemployment rate in the black community doesn't just occur during economic recessions, but often during times of economic growth, his father noted. Yep. His son said again, So how have you made it without a job all of these months out here? During the first couple of months, I lost my job. I would pay the rent one month and the power bill the next. Then I came back to paying the rent again and realized that I didn't have enough money. My girl got pissed off and left me, Dad. I told you that, didn't I? Romance without finance is a disaster. You guys were engaged for a couple of years. Yeah. She said she wasn't selling her ring to pay the rent. So do you guys still talk? Nah, that was it. She just left. Too bad, son. Sounds like unemployment was just enough for food and electricity. That's right. And by July, I was already behind on everything. Did you try and get an extension on the unemployment, son? Unemployment only lasts six months. And getting an extension was too hard. They said that the only way to get it was if I enrolled in college or training, and that it was hard to get approved. By Labor Day, my unemployment ran out. Then I juggled the bills for a few months, and I just got thrown out by the landlord today. How about them books, Grant? You still sticking to them books? Always, Dad. I was reading this one here called From Superman to Man by J.E. Rogers. Well, you know that's one of my favorites. Even Nas mentions it in his rhymes. Yes, it's one of my favorites too. No matter how many times I read that book, I always get something new out of it, Grant replied to his father. Yeah, that's why I was telling you to stay in Lehman College when you were there. By now you would have had a better job. You probably wouldn't even be out of work. I know, Dad, but I had to work when I was in school, and so things aren't always as easy as they seem. Those two jobs killed me my senior year. That's right. And now it's probably too late for you to go back, son. Do you know those colleges have a statue of limitations on when you can go back? It's like even though they have it, they delete your whole record and you have to start over. Yeah, I know, Dad. But I might give it a try one day. You should give it more than a try. As a matter of fact, 
take your behind down there tomorrow to Lehman College and ask them if they'll let you back in. I did that a couple years ago, Dad. It's been about more than a dozen years since I've been in college. I'm a grown man now, and they didn't want to let me have at it. But you never know. Sometimes things change. Sometimes you get a new administration, or you just bump into a new dean or something. Sometimes they change the policies and practices. You don't know what they are now. Follow your dreams, son. Follow your dreams. It's an idea, maybe, Grant replied. It's more than an idea, son. You just need to get up and go right on over there. But without a home, doing college right now would be kind of stressful. In fact, it might be a better time now than ever. You don't have to work any place. You can hang out on campus. You can use the computer center to do your papers. You would be good at all of that. In fact, they got a gym at the campus, a big one. You could use it and take care of yourself. It's hard being homeless. Trust me, I know. Think about it. Where are you going to get your next meal? Just thinking about where you're going to get your next shower, it's hard. But I'm giving you some solutions here. Are you going to take them? Dad, I'm not sure. I just got kicked out of my place. And don't you need an address to go to college anyway? You're a doubter, son. You were always stubborn. You can use your old address at your apartment to go to college. Everything's online now, you big dummy. Hey, don't call me a dummy. You just got to get up off your behind and go. I said get up and go. Time to go. Did you hear me? I said it's time to go. With that, Grant opened his eyes. There was a transit worker there shouting at him. Time to go. It was 1.30 a.m. and the Iron Horse had reached its last stop in Brooklyn. Before the train went through the train yard, there was a requirement that one had to get off of it. It was an awful time in the middle of the night to have to be jarred from one's sleep. He looked up at the surroundings, exited the subway door, walked to another iron horse going in the opposite direction, and boarded it. This time, he took it all the way to 149th Street, which was still underground and warm. There he switched to one more train going in the opposite direction, which headed all the way to Brooklyn before the sun rose in the wee hours of the morning. So that's an excerpt from my book, Akhenaten's Dreams, new book. And Akhenaten's Dreams and the Wakanda's Real Vibranium of Africa are on sale. The Wakanda's Real Vibranium of Africa is 75% off. I'm going to share an old hip-hop track with you, as well as a brand new track on Akhenaten today. As always, we conclude the Real Wakandas of Africa podcast with an original poetry track today and a hip-hop track by myself, MC Brother Miles. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and... 6-1 since that matters. And what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Akhenaten's Dreams brings incredible focus in your life. It is how I write volume upon volume of books. It is how I write volume upon volume of hip-hop and poetry hooks. It is how I can steamroll a 20-hour workday See, It was how I completed three master's degrees. Akhenaten's Dreams will bring you might. 
Akhenaten's dreams took KRS-One from homelessness, son. Akhenaten's dreams healed people I know, even sick ones. Akhenaten's dreams brought the impossible about, like uniting a nation, the first Egypt under one deity, like enslaved Africans freeing themselves in Haiti and the South, like Muhammad Ali winning that sunny listing bout when he knocked him out. Oh, I'm the greatest, I'm the greatest of all time. So declare who you want to be and spend five minutes seeing and feeling happy about it before you go to sleep. And within 30 days, you will meet the incredible manifestation of your creative visualized dreams. Monotheistic gifts from the lips of Akhenaten's hits. Quick among the people in chariot whips, a flip, gold chips, catch a whiff of Egypt's incense, tip hieroglyphics, prior to Solomon's writs and Moses, Deuteronomist lits, they bit the flagship of the one God, Aten, ain't begotten, but Akhenaten's jotten shall not be forgotten, remembered, said the days of picking cotton, I'll be stopping Moroccans, downtrodden, common gold lottens. In the middle of religiously antiquities, periphery, divinity, simplicity, validity, soliloquies, getting me sufficiently publicity, invincibly from my symmetry, spiritually, lessons, testing when I be resting, my brain be stretching, to perfection, addressing, collecting, refreshing, confessions, and progressing to the next lesson. Akhenaten shall not be forgotten, remembered, instead of days of picking cotton, one God called the Aten, pound consonant, documents into monument, repent, hence elements bring the compliments from occupants of the continent no arguments god's autonomous congregants conference yo 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 since millennia be the marquee by the red sea roots of the judeo-christian tree i'll be to a high degree no religious fees when rebellious nations please on the knees keys let them go free peace Akhenaten shall not be forgotten Remember said the days of picking cotton One God called the iron One God called the iron One God called the iron Akhenaten One God called the iron One God called the iron One God called the iron Akhenaten Thank you for listening to the Real Wakandas of Africa podcast. If you like listening to this podcast, you can now support it by becoming a direct supporter of the weekly podcast. You can donate at the $4.99 level, and if you don't have as much money, you can support it for as little as $1 per month. Please click the link at the end of the description on my podcast on whatever platform you listen to it on. The link will take you to my Anchor.fm podcast page, which is powered by Spotify. If you scroll down on my Anchor.fm page, you will see a button which says support. Anyone who supports at the $9.99 level monthly, I will send you an autographed copy of my book, The Real Wakandas of Africa, Dr. John Henry Clark versus Herman Cain, if you email me. If you support me at the $9.99 level, you will need to email me the address that you want the book sent to. 
at mauricemilesmartinez at gmail.com, and I will send you an autographed copy of my book. Again, that email is mauricemilesmartinez at gmail.com, M-A-U-R-I-C-E-M-I-L-E-S-M-A-R-T-I-N-E-Z at gmail.com, all one word. And I will send you an autographed copy of the book if you support me again at the $9.99 level. You can also pick a copy of my books up on Amazon, The Real Wakandas of Africa, Dr. John Henry Clark vs. Herman Cain, The Great Wall of Africa, The Empire of Benin's 10,000-mile-long wall, and The Real Vibranium of Africa, which is also under the name The Wakandas, Real Vibranium of Africa, by myself, Maurice Miles Martinez. I have some new books coming out soon, and I will keep you updated. Thank you again for listening to the Real Wakandas of Africa podcast, and I will speak with you next week.